You are listening to Grab Them by the Pod, a member of the Ace Podcast Network. Welcome and thank you for joining us once again at our wonderful little experiment here known as Grab Them by the Pod. I am Kevin along with Jesse and just when you think it's going to stop, it doesn't stop. It's never ending coming out of Washington, D.C. So, Jesse, what do you got for us tonight? Well, it's much like what they say about the weather here in New England, that if you don't like it, just wait because it'll change. That's how I feel when I'm putting together the rundown for this podcast. There's nothing really to talk about this week. Just wait. Oh, yeah. Now we're, now we're good to go and have a full plate of things to discuss. So uh, obviously we're going to start here with Rex Tillerson. Yesterday, Trump fired him. Uh, to you who don't know who he is, he was Secretary of State. Uh, and they plan to replace him with CIA Director Mike Pompeo. Uh, and Trump is also nominating Gina Haspel, as I believe how you say her name, uh, to be uh, the new head of the CIA. She's currently Pompeo's uh, deputy. What do you think about that, Kevin? <laughs> Well, I, for one, hope that if I am ever terminated from a job somewhere, that I find out in person and not through a tweet, uh, you know, especially one from the president of the United States. This is a little unbecoming of the office, I, I think. But, um, yeah, you know, I think it's only fair that we learn a little bit more about Mike Pompeo. According to NPR, he has graduated at the top of his class from West Point, served as a tank officer in Europe. Went to Harvard Law School, became a corporate lawyer and launched his own aerospace firm, and then was a Tea Party Republican uh, elected to Congress from Kansas back in the 2010 wave before becoming the head of the CIA for the last year. It's also weird this change is happening now after last week announcing they're going to meet with Kim Jong-un. Well, maybe you want some stability going on during these talks. I mean, maybe that's why they're getting rid of him. Maybe he trusts Pompeo to be there instead. But it's just so odd. It's... Uh, Trump told everyone that he he's a big boy. You know, we all know Trump's a big boy. He does things on his own. Uh, and he told reporters that he made this decision himself. Well, you are the president, so that's not really something you have to brag about. I think it should just be assumed that he did that, although I guess maybe we should hope that he's talking to some of his advisors. But at this point, who's left to talk to? Well, we can wonder why Trump has made this decision. But according to Ian Bremmer of the Eurasia Group, which analyzes global politics – Pompeo is very much a hardliner on issues of national security, broadly. He's smart, but he's also quite bombastic, and that plays well with Trump. But that doesn't necessarily support a balanced national security policy. It seemed like Tillerson never really wanted the job, and in his firing, much like Gary Cohn's a week earlier, was both not a surprise, yet very surprising at the same time. Uh, I say not a surprise, because yeah, Trump and Tillerson have clashed a lot over the last year. It was, what, a God, it seems like just yesterday, it was probably several months ago, uh, where Tillerson reportedly called Trump an effing moron, and then Trump came back and said, you know, he thinks Tillerson should take an IQ test. Um, so, you know, in that respect, we knew this was going to probably be coming sooner or later, uh, but we didn't know it was going to be sooner. It's a timing where it surprised everybody. It kind of just came up out of the blue. So, you know, nobody is safe. We've heard stories that H.R. McMaster might be next. There are rumors swirling about uh, Kelly leaving. So... Nobody is safe. Uh, anybody can uh, be taken. It's like a horror movie, you know, just just when you think you're safe, uh, the monster pops out and takes out somebody else. When you question the dictator, you are removed. Now, you know, it's it's funny to think that, you know, we, we all knew that this the, the numbers, the days were numbered for Tillerson after the moron comment. But, 
you know, as far as an IQ test goes, that could make for some interesting reality TV. Maybe the president should challenge people to an IQ test. It could be like a weekly episode. It'd almost be like one of those like high school quiz bowl shows. Yeah, but something tells me that he'd have his uh, friends in Russia be hacking into the results to make sure that he won because you know, Trump, Trump, Trump doesn't lose. Trump is the smartest one there is. There's nobody smarter than him. He has a, he has a very high IQ, very high. Everybody's talking about it. Mr. Trump, somehow, even after getting every question wrong, you've managed to win by 10 points. Congratulations. Yeah, well, you know, now that uh, RIP Stephen Hawking has passed away, I think that leaves Trump as being the smartest guy in the world, right? I'm pretty sure that's true, yes. <laughs> so reports came out after this that uh, the White House is trying to push the idea that uh, Chief of Staff John Kelly called to the Sun Friday uh, and let him know that Trump had decided to let him go. But as you alluded to earlier, there were reports that, yeah, Trump just found – or uh, Tillerson just found out on on Twitter. Uh, it was especially – this whole story was uh, especially contradicted by Steve Goldstein, who's the Undersecretary of Public Affairs at the State Department, or at least was. Uh, Goldstein said Tillerson was officially notified he'd been fired when Trump's tweet went out and that Tillerson had every intention of remaining – and after that, the White House promptly fired Goldstein as well, because, as you said, you can't go against the dictator. Uh, if you either agree with Trump, you're either with him or you're out. Say la vie Say la in vie. the U.S. of A. Uh, and there's also this weird Russian angle to the whole thing, too, because, you know, of course there is. Everything has to always tie back into Russia. Somehow, uh, on Monday, Tillerson basically agreed uh, that Russia had poisoned a former Russian sp a spy and his daughter in London. Uh, the White House had just earlier that day said, you know, we actually don't know if we should blame uh, Russia, even though Theresa May, uh, you know, who runs uh, – who's the prime minister over in England, said, you know, she has the same opinion of Tillerson – uh, once again, the Trump administration refused to get tough on Russia. It, it, it's so strange that they'll get tough on anybody but Russia. Now, I'm not saying this is some great conspiracy in this this regard, but it, it just is weird. Maybe you should get tough on Russia at other times where it doesn't really matter, just to save some face now and then. Well, Putin told him he didn't do it, so you know he has to believe him. Yeah, and so did Rob Porter say he didn't hit his ex-wives, even though there's pictures of them with black eyes. But I mean, surprise, surprise, you know, a suspected poisoning of a, a spy by the Russian government. I mean, why don't we ask Viktor Yashchenko, the Ukrainian uh, president, or Alexander Litvenko, uh, who was a, a spy, a, a Russian, former Russian spy. And both of them uh, had a little experience with that as well. One of them's dead. Uh, so, you know, it shouldn't uh, come in as, as a surprise at all. But Donald Trump has, you know, seen into the soul of Mr. Putin. And, you know, he believes he's a man of integrity, so he's going to take him at his word. Yeah, I was just reading an article how Putin is going to be coasting to re-election. Well, it's easy to win re-election while all of your political opponents mysteriously come down with radiation poisoning. You know, what are the chances? It's just another weird coincidence that everybody around me is dying when they go against me. Uh, one of the main problems that may come out of this, because they're going to actually have to confirm Pompeo, even though he's been confirmed already uh, for the new role, and they're going to have to confirm uh, through the Senate uh, Gina Haspel as well. And uh, that may be, I hate the term problematic, but it may be problematic. Um, she joined the CIA in 1985, but really faced a lot of scrutiny for her role in waterboarding, waterboarding and other interrogation techniques that were used as a secret CIA prison in Thailand in 2002 following 9-11. Uh, John McCain is not, I mean, if anybody knows about being a prisoner of war and being tortured, it's John McCain. 
And, and he tweeted out that uh, the, the torture of detainees in U.S. custody during the last decade is one of the darkest chapters of American history. Ms. Haspel needs to explain the nature and extent of her involvement in the CIA's interrogation program during the, uh, the confirmation process. And I'm sure that's going to come up very quickly in the process. Yeah, and current U.S. Uh, Secretary of Defense James Mattis, who is a former Marine general, has publicly disagreed with the use of torture, you know, being quoted as saying, I've always found, give me a pack of cigarettes and a couple of beers, and I do better with that than I do with torture. So uh, there's been some butting of heads between the White House and the Defense Department over this issue, and now we're having someone being elevated to the head of the CIA that has fully participated in elements of torture. Is that what we really want to be representing the United States. And can we be surprised then if other countries perform those same torturous activities to get, you know, any of our people to talk? I, mean, I think her only response or her only uh, way to get around this is saying, you know, it was after 9-11 and things were crazy. And, you know, that, to a certain degree, the American people may buy that. Going, you know, we're all scared and, and we were all doing things to prevent it again. But, yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that you do. And once you do it, you can't undo it. It's, it's always going to be a stain on you. So it's going to be interesting to see how hard uh, members of Congress really push back on this, because uh, she would be the first female ever to run the CIA. So you know, that's something that Trump is pushing. See, look how progressive he is. He wants to have a woman run the CIA. Um, but of course, it's uh, a woman who uh, has this in her record, which you know is not good. Only the best and brightest. Only the best. Speaking of that, uh, Rex Tillerson wasn't the only person fired this week. Uh, Trump's personal assistant, John McKenty, excuse me, uh, was fired and escorted out of the White House on Monday. Uh, this comes after he was denied a security clearance over financial problems in his background. And they kicked him out of there without even letting him grab his jacket. I mean, that's that's cold. Well, that would be former University of Connecticut backup quarterback Johnny McKenty, really? most famous, made famous by a YouTube trick shot video, which produced far more than he ever did on the actual Rentschler Field uh, in East Hartford, Connecticut, where the Yukon Huskies play. Another Connecticut uh, tie. I like it. I like it. Uh, reportedly, one of the problems he, uh, with his security clearance was that he has some issues with online gambling and mishandling of his taxes. Uh, the Secret Service is currently investigating him on those issues. But you know what, Kevin? No big deal. You get fired by the White House and the president. Eh. A day later, you get hired by the Trump campaign and are going to be the senior advisor for campaign operations for the 2020 campaign. So, you know, these guys, you know, uh, one door closes, another door opens. Good for him. Trump, Trump must be looking to make some trick shots of his own to get reelected in 2020. And hopefully they're giving him back his jacket. The big story that came out uh, last night, and this is – I don't think it's been officially called yet, but correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin. Uh, last night we saw the special house election in Pennsylvania between Connor Lamb and Republican uh, Rick Sacona. Is that how you say his name, I believe? I should have looked that up before the podcast. Um, by the time we were recording this, it was still considered too close to call, but Lamb was leading by something like 641 votes, and there were more absentee ballots left. But it looks like uh, this is going to be a case where the Democrat is going to win. Uh, and by the way, Lamb has declared victory, so you know, I, I guess that is as real as anything else. Yeah, you know, this race, coupled with the Alabama special election of Doug Jones and a close race for John Ossoff in the Georgia 6th Congressional District, as well as Democratic gubernatorial victories in New Jersey and Virginia this past November, speak to a very real possibility of a blue wave coming in November. 
I'm telling you, this this is one of those elections that means both nothing and everything at the same time. It means nothing because at the end of this year, this district isn't going to even belong. It's not going to exist anymore because we talked about in the past how Pennsylvania is re, uh, rewriting their districts. But it means a lot because Trump won this district by 20 points in 2016, and it was held by a Republican uh, until Tim Murphy, the congressman, had resigned due to allegations of an affair. So Trump won this by a margin of 20 points. And now a Democrat just a year and a half later is going to win it. That does not look good for Republicans. You said a blue wave. I think it's coming. It certainly would seem so. Uh, and for anybody uh, to the left of center, there's reason to have hope now. This would give you reason to continue to push for electing a Democratic representation in the fall. And, and it, it feels as if you might succeed. So there's no reason to give up hope. Although we were talking to our friend about this and he was getting really excited. And I'm like, slow your roll. Do not, I will not be happy with things until the final vote is counted on election night because – you know, we were all excited that uh, Trump was going to lose in 2016. Look what happened. So while all the uh, the elections and all of the data points to the blue wave coming, uh, I'm not going to be happy until until it's actually done. And one of the we talked about, you know, I try to be nonpartisan, but, you know, I've probably been doing a pretty poor job. But uh, in the House, we've seen Paul Ryan really be spineless in how – how he attacks. Uh, We've had Republican senators come to him with problems with people like Devin Nunes, and he just, you know, it's not my problem. I'm not going to do anything about it. And you're the leader of your party in the House of Representatives. You're third, you're third in line, or you're second in line, I guess, to be president. Uh, you have to have, you have to have a little more spine and actually stand up to your own party when, the, when the occasion calls for it. So. Right, and we've uh, time and again said how Paul Ryan seems to have no backbone. Uh, you know, again, there's just more examples that will continue to come. And, and certainly we would hope for more out of a Speaker of the House who should realize that theoretically he has power over the president um, as the person in charge of the House of Representatives. So I don't know. It, I can't say that I expect it will ever happen, but it would be nice to see. I mean, I, I used to kind of like him back when he was uh, Romney's running man. I actually just happened to go to the uh, event where they announced him as the running mate because it happened to be like 10 miles from my house. So I'm like, what the hell? It's going to go let me go check it out. Um, but really, since taking over a role that he guess didn't really want as Speaker of the House, he it's just really hurt him. And you know, who knows? He Maybe he's even in trouble in his congressional seat. I don't think he's going to run again for Speaker of the House, but he may not be able to run at all if he loses. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about uh, Harry Enton in the past. He used to be on 538. Now he's a on CNN politics. Whiz kid Harry Enton. Um, I was following his stuff all last night, seeing what he was thinking. And he said, yeah, the, the numbers definitely pointing at a blue wave. And said so the Dem swing from the partisan lean in the eight special elections that we've had so far is plus 17 towards the Democrats. And in 2006, that was the last time there was a huge Democratic wave. It was plus 15. So, you know, again, it's pointing in that direction. And uh, we only have, you know, a few short months to go until it's finally, finally upon us. But again, Jess, lest we get our hopes too high to have them dashed, sadly, you know, we take it one election at a time. We'll take one victory at a time and then and hopefully change is coming. Yeah, hopefully. And you know, again, this election, at least when we're recording this, hasn't been officially called yet, but it looks like like Lamb is going to win. Um, but there, there might be a recount. Now, there's no official recount uh, at this level in Pennsylvania, but voters can petition for one uh, if they show cause. And if it is, in fact, below 1,000 votes, I, I would imagine that would be cause. Um, and who knows, there may be some kind of chicanery or some kind of uh, shenanigans going on in some of these districts, you can never be too uh, 
too trustworthy of, of some of these people counting votes on either side, really, if it's close. So I, I hope people watch closely and make sure that this doesn't become a problem one way or the other. Now, we should also point out that the Trump tariff announcement last week was it would have seemed to have been tailor made for this Pennsylvania Steel Country mm-hmm. District, which is very blue collar. Um, so that should speak to some changes potentially coming. And it makes you question, does Connor Lamb, who is a Democrat who is more moderate on issues such as gun control, does he have the answer for how to win back this type of voter who the Democrats lost in the 2016 presidential election? Well, only time will tell. By the way, speaking of gun control, did you see that some was a teacher or a cop shot, shot like actually they shot three students in a school today? So, I, I I did. So hey, let's uh, let's put more. And this guy was trained, and uh, knew how to handle a fire a, f- a firearm. And this happened. So hey, let's let's bring more guns into school because what can go wrong, right? Oh yeah. boy. Well, before we go any further, we want to talk a little bit about our sponsor today. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Acosia. Acosia is an awesome alternative to Google that you should all be using. It's an ethical way to browse the internet. Now, what does that mean? Acosia invests their profits to plant trees and regenerate deforested lands all over the world. How cool is that? Here's how it works. You search the web with Acosia. Search ads generate revenue. At least 80% of their surplus income goes into planting trees. Literally, all you have to do is what you're already doing. Search the internet. Over 20 million trees have already been planted, and with your help, Ecosia will reach 1 billion by 2020. Ecosia has created a special URL so that our listeners can plant trees together. Go to ecosia.co backslash pod. That's E-C-O-S-I-A dot C-O backslash P-O-D. You're going to search the internet anyways. Why not plant a tree while you're at it? So next, I want to talk about uh, what's going on with the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, they're officially shutting down its investigation into the Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. Republicans are in the process of preparing their final report, which is going to be like 150 pages. So good luck, whoever's going to uh, read through that and give us a give us a summary of it. Um, you know, the current draft report asserts that there was no evidence of collusion between Trump and his campaign and the Russians. However, it'll also contradict the U.S. intelligence community, which you know, Trump has been doing since he started running for president, uh, and their assessment that Vladimir Putin showed a preference toward Donald Trump during the race. Uh, the Republicans like to repeatedly name-check Tom Clancy, as he's the only one that could come up with these crazy, crazy plots and accusations. Uh, but that's not true. Uh, life is a little crazier uh, than we give it credit for. Well, of course, there is going to be no evidence found by the Republican-led uh, committee when you care more about your party uh, being in the White House than looking out for what's actually good for the American people and looking to find examples of collusion where they might exist. No surprise here. There are a lot of people on both sides who run committees who can be trusted to do the job without you – know, it should there'll be some partisan stuff inserted. But you know, basically do the job as it's supposed to be done. This is a committee that's run by Devin Nunes, and yes, he's recused himself from this campaign, but he's uh, still looming over this all. And he's really shown that he has no – uh, no reason not to kiss Trump's butt. I mean, he, I, I'm waiting for him to be somehow given the new CIA director's role, and God help us if that were ever to happen, too. Uh, and, and Trump loves all this. He immediately tweeted out, The House Intelligence Committee has, after a 14th-month-long in-depth investigation, found no evidence of collusion or coordination between the Trump campaign and Russia to influence the 2016 presidential election. Of course, you know, he doesn't point out this is the GOP saying this and not you know, both sides together. It's, it's classic Trump. 
Yeah, I wonder what Adam Schiff had to say about that. Oh, Adam Schiff is obviously not happy. He uh, called this, <laughs> the end of this probe, a tragic milestone in a capitulation to the executive branch, and that by ending its oversight over the only authorized investigation in the House, the majority has placed the interests of protecting the president over protecting the country. The history will, and history will judge its actions harshly. And I have to say I have to agree. They're protecting the president rather than protecting you and me, uh, the citizens of this country, and that's just not that's just not cool. It's really sad. It's not what they're supposed to be doing yeah 20 bucks says president trump doesn't even know what the word capitulation means uh, I'm, I'm sure though he has oh yes yes capitulation mm-hmm. that's a, that's a great word it's a tremendous word uh pelosi is also pretty pissed off too and again i think she has a right to be uh, she said that this move is part of a disturbing pattern of the house gop to obstruct and interfere with investigations in the trump russia scandal and again she mentions uh how there are problems with committee leadership i.e Devin Nunes, and how she's brought this up to uh, to Paul Ryan. And as we mentioned earlier, he's just uh, kind of been spineless and and not doing his job. And we, we have said when we started off this podcast, we want to not just call people names, but explain, you know, why what's the political motivation to doing what they're doing? And really, I can't figure out the political motivation. Uh, when he was not president yet, Paul Ryan said a lot of you know bad things, as I think as we all did, about Donald Trump. And now he's kissing his butt. And you can work with a president and not agree with every single one of his policies. And uh, Ryan seems to be pretty close to just agreeing with everything. It, it's just it's it's not how you should be uh, working doing your job if you're Speaker of the House. Well, and in a time when our president continues to try to erode the system of checks and balances that has been in place for over 200 years. Uh, this is not the time for the Speaker of the House of one of the three branches of government to kind of stand down from the president. This is when you have to stand up. Yeah, it's 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 looking at our country and what we stand for and what do we want to be as a country. What what are the ideals we really we really take to heart? And you know, Trump talks a lot of, about things like oh, you know, standing for the American flag and loving the military, but he really doesn't do uh, anything with his actions. It's all words. It's all. Uh, baseless in, in what he's trying to get across. So, And by the way, some Republicans think this entire mess is absurd, too. Uh, on Monday night, Republican committee member Tom Rooney, he's from Florida, he went on CNN and admitted that while he backed closing the probe, he doesn't think it was necessarily done because the committee's business of investigation was done. He said that we've gone completely off the rails, and now we're just basically a political forum for people to leak information to drive the day's news. We've lost all credibility. And that's true. Uh, Congress has had a uh, credibility issue for a long, long time, and uh, it, it's getting worse by the day. Yeah, that's definitely not getting any better with the, the actions coming out of the Capitol. Uh, we can only hope that they'll get it together soon. Where have you gone, Robert Mueller? Nation turns its only eyes to you, to uh, paraphrase Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, Mueller's investigation marches on, and we'll, we'll see what comes of it. Well, the last thing I wanted to bring up before we get to Kevin's Corner uh, is – Hillary Clinton, she's back in the news. And I wanted your opinion on this, uh, Kevin, because you've you've been a registered Republican longer than I have. So I, I know. How dare you say such a thing? <laughs> so uh, it seems people on both sides are really annoyed with Hillary Clinton right now. Uh, she was at a conference in India over the weekend, and, and she uh, said that her supporters in the election were more economically advanced, uh, while uh, those that backed Trump – uh, we're not uh, said people. It's basically bringing back the baskets of deplorables uh, statement you know, that really hurt her campaign. Do you 
agree with her comments? Do you think she should have said them? Do you think she should go away? What, what's, what's your thoughts on Hillary? Well, I can see what she's getting at here. Uh, when you look at the regions, the areas of this country that went more heavily for Donald Trump in 2016, um, you know, the, the track record of economic vitality, education levels, I, I see what she's getting at. But I do not believe she should continue to talk about this. And I, I do wish that she would move out of the way so new blood within the Democratic Party could rise to the top. Uh, we don't want to keep dragging up some of the things that cost the Democrats votes in 2016. So if she could do us a favor and just kind of, you know, fade into the sunset. Thank you for your service, uh, Mrs. Clinton. But the time is high now for you to to move on and and let some new blood in there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree with what she's saying at a base level, but you, you probably shouldn't say it. And I think she really shouldn't have said what she said. She basically insinuated uh, that people, women who voted for Trump were motivated by uh, ongoing pressure to vote the way that their husband or their boss or their son, whoever, uh, you know, believes they should. And, you know, especially in this Me Too movement, the, you know, uh, what's going on with women's rights right now, you probably should insinuate that uh, women are doing what they're doing simply because the men in their lives are doing it as well. Uh, and, you know, in some of these states and some of these districts, you know, maybe that very, very well may be the case. Um, but she runs the risk of, of doing uh, what happened in 2016, just having people vote against Democrats because they're pissed at Hillary. And even though she's not running and that she's old news, uh, that's still fresh in their minds. And that's that's not good for the Democrats. They're, they're, things are going well for them. You don't want to screw it up now. No, if <laughs> if what she's doing is conduct detrimental to electing a Democrat in 2018's congressional elections or the 2020 presidential, uh, then then please step out of the way. We cannot afford to have another four years of this presidency. Yeah, I think people want her to act like she was a past president. Like if you look at George W. Bush, he never said a bad word about Obama. He kind of just kept quiet. Um, president Obama, for the most part, uh, doesn't say anything directly about Trump. You know, he's come out during times when Charlottesville and, and gun control and made statements uh, in favor of you know the things you and I agree with, but he hasn't directly attacked Trump, and I think that's what they want uh, Hillary to kind of lay low, and then when something major happens, you can make your comment, but don't cause news just for news' sake, because uh, as we've seen with Hillary, it just tends to bite her in the butt time and time again. I don't know. Is it? But do you think it's fair? Like she. Like her or hate her, she put in a lot of work and she was the presidential campaign. You know, it didn't work out and we ended up with Trump. But is it fair for people just to wash their hands with her and, and say, thanks for everything, but don't let the door hit you on the way out? Or do you think the Democratic Party owes her something uh, for all that she's done throughout the years? I don't necessarily see it as, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. But I, I think not just Hillary. I think there's a lot of old blood, old guard Democrats mm -hmm. that are reaching the end of their uh, their life uh, expectancy within the party. Let's move along and get some new blood, some some new ideas, and, and some charismatic young folks uh, in there. And and that's all you know. I will keep saying. And it's not that I don't appreciate the the things that Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden or any of the old guard has done. I'm just ready to to move the party forward and to move the nation forward. You know, Kevin, we were both in student government in college. It's kind of how we met. 
And one of them, you know, I was treasurer, I was head of the clubs, but I think my favorite time there was my last semester there where I was like elder statesman. I didn't actually have a job, but we had a lot of younger people taking over and I was able to, you know, talk to them from experience, but not necessarily have any real power. And I think that's what a lot of these older guards should be doing. They should be stepping down for leadership positions, but helping groom these people uh, as they come up into these leadership roles and be there to help them out if if questions come up. But yeah, I don't think we need like Steny Hoyer as the the whip or the majority leader, whatever the heck he is now. Um, He's he's old. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, she does her job very well, and Democrats really like her, but she's like, what, she's like in her mid-70s now? Is that what she is? I mean, she's she's older than her face. We'll tell you, <laughs> but uh, I think it's time for again for new blood. Like just like you're saying, it's time for the old guard to make room for the next generation and uh, see what happens. Because uh, you can only handle old people who have been around for so long. Not that there's anything wrong with old people, but old people have been around forever doing the same policies forever. Uh, before you just you know enough's enough, and it's time for a change. Well, we'd like to say that the focus on Hillary would end, but. Don't see that coming anytime soon. No, I love the RNC uh, put out a word. And we don't like to focus on Hillary. Uh, we try really hard not to, but you know this is impossible to ignore. BS, I call BS. They love, if you see, I mean, Trump still tweets about Hillary, and the election was like two, a year and a half ago. They, they love going after Hillary. There's, there's something I love that has, uh, I can't believe I said it to you, it's a picture of Hannity, and it has... Uh, has Hillary in a, in a little box in the corner with like the Infinity Gauntlet, which is going to be in the new Avengers movie, and it's like Hillary gets the newest Infinity Stone. Like, haha! Like, you know, she's a cackling villain when our president is doing things that we really should be focusing on. Um, as as long as Hillary Clinton is still around, Republicans will be talking about her. I mean, they're still saying lock her up when people from the Trump administration are literally going to be locked up. It, I, I can't believe it. It's insane. Well, that fixation starts right at the top. It does. You know, it's it's not enough to actually been there before, win with grace. No, I beat you, and I want to beat you even more. You're the worst. Good, good job, Mr. President. So what do you have for Kevin's Corner? Well, Jesse, as I mentioned last week, while our media cycle and national consciousness are short-lived, I am not ready to give up on the issue of reasonable gun control in America. Today, at the school where I teach, And at thousands of schools across the nation, hundreds of thousands, if not a million students walked out of their high schools demanding that their elected representation do right by them and by the rest of the country by enacting reasonable gun control laws to stop gun violence in America. While as in anything, there were students who simply took advantage of an opportunity to miss class, I was encouraged by what I saw in front of me as I stood my post while student protesters marched by me. The number of students who were walking out with real conviction and meaning was higher than most people had expected. They were actively participating in their democracy, using constitutionally protected rights to make their voices heard and to send a clear message to Congress that they do care, that they are listening, and that when the time comes, they will vote. There is no greater lesson that I, as their civics teacher, could have possibly given them. I am proud. I have hope. And I believe that we are, in fact, headed in the right direction. So did your school, uh, did they approve of this happening? Or were they one of the schools who was threatening to, uh, to suspend people? Our school was very much in, in favor of these young people expressing their opinions so long as they didn't do anything detrimental to the school day other than you know, walking out on some of their own class time. 
the school is very much uh, in favor of it and worked with them, provided them the opportunity uh, and, and provided them with safety. There was police officers from the local police department that stood guard at the entrance to our campus so that nobody, you know, onlookers or anybody who might have taken uh, offense to the protest could have tried to harm the students. So it was all very well orchestrated and it was student led. I will say that these protests were not conducted by adults. They were student led. Uh, I think that's great. I was actually talking to a friend uh, back when this all started to happen a month ago or so, and uh, they were concerned because their their school was threatening to suspend people. And I said, I told her, you know, tell these kids if they're generally good people, suspensions aren't that don't mean anything. Like when I was when I was in high school, I'm like, oh my god, I'm never getting to college if I get suspended. Tell them to enjoy the three day weekend or the five day weekend, whatever the hell they get, and then they'll have something to write about for their college essays. And in the end, you'll have done what you believed in. It's not a big deal. Well, and a number of colleges had announced prior to this that they would not be you know, denying people admission. They would not take any into consideration the fact that people were suspended yeah. over protesting using their, their First Amendment rights. Yeah, and that's, that's the way it should be. Very good, Kevin. Well, it's been another uh, wonderful episode. I'm excited. It's, it's the first episode of the back half of our fir- of our first hundred, or or the beginning of the back half of the first hundred. How do you want to put it? Today only, is the first day of the rest of our lives. Only Jesse. 49 episodes ago till we hit that special 100 mark. Uh, so possibly sometime next uh, February or so we can look. Hopefully get to 100. And if not, we can just do a bunch of quick episodes to get there, you know, fast. All right, Kevin. Well, it's been real, and until next episode, we'll see you. Later. Later.